0: Hey, happy birthday, Awakening Church. Good to be with you. Yeah, come on. This is our birthday. We're partying. Here we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. I know uh, I just saw some friends from actually a school that my kids go to, thank you, and some neighbors that showed up. Thanks for showing up. Uh, The rest of you, thank you too. Uh, We're excited that you're here. This is actually our official uh, kickoff to our Sunday morning service, Uh, and you can see uh, we're gearing that for families in a big way and excited to have you. We're excited to party. Here's what we need to let you know. This room is always the opposite of what we need this room to be. And it always has been, and that's part of church planning. Welcome to church planning. So, so when it's hot outside, it's hot in here. And when it's cold outside, the air conditioning's on in here, and we freeze. And so it is what it is. I'll, I'll be brief so that we can get out and eat some tacos and have some fun later. But man, oh man, is it a joy. What a joy to get to be with you this morning and celebrate what God has done this last year. Um, I I love, I don't know if you know this about me and know this about uh, my wife and Jenny, we love to party. I love birthdays and I love to party. Love anytime you gather good friends good friends and good food together, you just go, man, this is gonna be an amazing time. Uh, And we don't really need a whole lot of excuses to have a party. If it's been a little bit of a downer day, like we should throw a party. You know, if it's been a really good day, well, yeah, of course. Let's go out and throw a party. Um, we had our leaders over to our house this last week, and in some ways it was like a re-gear up, okay, entering year two. our we end together, let's go, but in other ways, it was just simply, let's gather, hang out, eat good food, have fun, and party. Over the years, we've done a lot of that at my house, and my kids love it. I have three kids, Ella, who's nine, Ryder, who's six, and Miles, who's three, and they just love having people over and kids and playing and hanging out. And, and so it becomes like they think the party's for them, you know? And so they're like, Dad, are, are you throwing our party again? Like, yeah, it's for adults, actually, but you get to be there and eat all the stuff. Um, but the night, uh, you know, that night, they stayed up super late. It was about 10 o'clock before they got to bed, and the next day, they had school. And so Jenny goes and wakes up, Ryder, getting them ready for school, and he just kind of goes, he looks up, kind of groggy, and says, Mom... Did we party last night or was it a dream? <laughs> I love it. I mean, we just love to party. There's, a, there's just a great excuse to throw a party and have fun. And today, this is a great excuse and a great reason to throw a party and have fun. I was thinking about parties and birthdays. And I especially love birthdays because they're like not just a party, but they're, uh, they're a significant marker in life. They're a significant marker in time to celebrate. It's not just celebrating an event, but it's actually celebrating an actual life. And a few uh, weeks ago, we got to go down and celebrate Jenny's grandma's 90th birthday party. And that was awesome. I mean, it was so fun. we get down there, and, and her grandma's like spunky, you know? She's like proper, but she's like spunky. I mean, one of the things for her is like she is um, learning to ride a Harley at 90, you know? <laughs> She's got an iPhone. She texts with LOL and smiley faces. And like last time I was down there teaching uh, me a game on the iPhone. I mean, she's amazing. Like grandma knows how to party, right? I mean, at 90, she's rocking it. And so we go down and the family throws a huge party. And there's 100 plus family and friends at this party. And they took over this banquet hall. And, you know, they have her favorite uh, Irish folk band, which is interesting since she's Jewish. But her favorite band is... If She would travel and go visit this band, and so they're playing, and great food, and everything's going on, and near the end of it, I began to look around and seeing people hang out and uh, having fun, and I just thought, wow, what a moment. What a moment, how powerful this moment was, and the interesting thing for me was I, I was caught off guard how significantly this moment my wife's grandma's Birthday impacted me, and so as I sat at the table and you know listened to the final set of the Irish folk band play and watched my kids—I'm uh, not sure if it's dancing or wrestle—but um, they were doing one of those. I just began to think, why, 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 why did this moment impact me so deeply? It's not my birthday; it's hers. But something about what took place in that moment began to shape me significantly. And as I was sitting there looking at my kids and listening to music and watching people, and that's what I generally do at parties, I like getting stuff done and then just kind of sitting back and watching people. I began to think about this. And the first thing that came to mind as I was thinking is, is how powerful or how significant it is to celebrate a life well lived, just think, man, I uh, think about my grandma or my wife's grandma. I call her grandma, but it's a life well lived. This woman loves well. I mean, you just think about your 90th birthday party. You ever think about who's going to show up and if anybody's going to show up, and she's 90 and she's got family and friends that drove, flew in from Florida and all over the country to be there. It's a, wife, a life well lived. She loves so well. But why did it impact me so significantly was for me, growing up, I didn't have a super close relationship with my own grandparents. I mean, we were always kind of a few thousand miles apart. It wasn't their fault or anything like that. But I didn't have that relationship, and and, and as a result, I missed it. And when I got married to Jenny 11 years ago, uh, it was one of those things where she accepted me into the family as one of her own grandkids. I mean, just love me. like She sends me cards and birthday gifts and all the rest. Uh, anytime we go down to hang out with her, she'll make sure and sit down with me and take time and just simply ask questions. She'll so go, hey, how's your family doing? How's Jenny doing? How's the kids doing? Even though she's Jewish, she's asking, how's the church going, you know? And then she'll just pat me lightly on my hand and say, Ryan, I'm so proud of you. I'm so very proud of you. And in that moment, as I sat and watched and looked what was going on, I, for me personally, it, is, it was a powerful moment to celebrate a life that has had significant impact on me personally. It is powerful when you and I celebrate together someone who's had significant impact. And as I look back over the last year of awakening, We celebrate not an event. You know that. You get that. I know that you get that. We don't celebrate a service, and we don't celebrate all this stuff. We celebrate a community that has come together and said, God, we'll trust you with all that we have, and by his grace. We look back on a year, and yeah, there's events, but we celebrate a community that God has used to make an impact in the city in one short year, and I'm just blown away by it humbles me. Just think that God placed us here at this campus, and we said from day one, this is more than a place to meet. It's a people to love, and God has allowed us to have a tangible impact on this community. You saw it. A lot of those things that you saw was work, was work that this church, this community did here on this campus to love, to say, we just simply want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We want you to know how Jesus loves you and thinks of you, no strings attached. Now you just think of the lives that have come through through these doors at this high school campus which is weird, you know? I mean, we're sitting in a cafeteria. I mean, think about that right now. And yet church is happening. God's showing up. And people have encountered Jesus. People have experienced healing in their life and stepped into a relationship with Jesus. A couple uh, about a month ago, we did this outdoor gathering. We did everybody all together, and it was really fun. And we did baptisms, and I love baptisms, because they're like the public stories uh, of the celebration of the impact God is having in our community. And we had a couple planned baptisms that happen, and we always allow room when we have baptisms to, for, like, spontaneous. Just go, hey, man, if, if you've never been baptized and you want to stand up and get baptized, hop on in. We'll get in our clothes with you. Come on, do it. And, and sometimes people do, sometimes people don't. And on that day, this this gal named Sammy says, I'm ready. Now a number of years ago, I was a high school pastor. I was a youth pastor, and I knew Sammy from years back. And Samantha is one of those girls that for the longest time, when I saw her and saw this kind of yo-yo life, I was like, I just don't think she'll ever really know Jesus. I, I just didn't. I thought, man, I don't think it's ever going to click, and we've gone through history and all that kind of stuff, and I watch in that moment and see this young woman stand up and declare her love for Jesus and that he's changed her life, and i just overwhelmed in the moment that God would allow us to get to be a part of shaping someone else's story to be a part of bringing hope and life to people all around us. I think of the Simbatus, and uh, Gabe and Jessica Simbatu, they're on staff with crew, and they bring a whole bunch of San Jose State students. Anybody here? Any staters? Like I said, a crew, right? <laughs> they, they got a crew. And I'm just amazed at how God's shown up there, and, and right in this, it was in the spring last year, and we had baptisms in here, and we got this, like, portable baptismal, you know, it's kind of crazy. It's almost like a hot tub, which is cool. Um, and, and we saw nine San Jose State students get baptized by Gabe and Jessica and go, okay, it is powerful. Not to celebrate an event, not to celebrate a service or an entity. It is powerful when you celebrate a community or someone who's had significant impact. That's why we gather today, is that we celebrate this community of what God's doing in and through us. And as I sat around that table, I just began to think about that. And I began to think, well, why else is this moment so powerful? Or why is it impacting me so deeply? I mean, and I realized there's something else that happened during the time of grandma's uh, birthday, her 90th birthday. Is, what, what happened was we actually... Yeah, at the end of dinner, pushed the, you know, dishes in, and, and one by one, people began to get up and tell stories about Grandma. You know, she's 90 years old, and I was just like doing the math and kind of working way back and going like, dang, you know? <laughs> I mean, all the things that she's using today, we, from in many parts, didn't have. And, and being going like, wow, we were telling stories, and some were, Some were funny, some were serious, and all were told with deep, deep affection for this woman who's lived such a great life. And I realized I don't stop to remember near enough See, see, the power of stopping and remembering and looking back is one of, the, one of the disciplines we actually have to embrace in our life if we're ever going to have like that hope to move forward because we keep going day in, day out in life and we rarely look back, take the time to look back and see how far we've come. Stop and remember all that's happened. Notice that, you know what, sometimes it just feels like we're trudging little by little, but if you look back, you can see the distance of how far you've actually come. That's what I love about birthdays is they're like this built-in rhythm in our life, built-in for us to actually stop and simply look back and remember. A couple weeks ago with our team, we took time to remember and reflect and look back over this last year. And as we're doing it, we had this whiteboard, uh, it was actually a chalkboard, (laughs) Um, we're old school that way, and and so we had this chalkboard up and just started to list, uh, you know, okay, what do you remember about this last year? And we had a few events, Uh, and so, you know, it was Easter and our kickoff and Christmas and all these big events, and it just quickly turned into, it was amazing, it quickly turned into a celebration of people. See, when we look back and remember what God has done at awakening, it has been done through people. That this is a celebration of people that God has drawn together, that would band together and say, you know what, this is crazy. We're going to meet at a high school. This is crazy. We're going to dream and believe that God wants to actually not just, you know, modify your life. He wants to give you new life and change your life. And let's step out and see what he might do. You know, as we look back and we had these names on the board, uh, you know, just think of like all these unsung heroes that you'll never know about that have gone into creating what awakening is today. I mean, these just amazing people—they're truly the heroes of awakening, but they're so behind the scenes you never, never see them. Well, actually, one is not behind the scenes. One is a guy who plays bass up here every day, uh, every week. His name's Josh Luzada, and Josh, you. That is Josh. <laughs> now, here's what's amazing about Josh. When we started the church, you got to know this about Josh. Josh holds the record for most consecutive Sundays served in a row. It's like nine months or 10 months. Yeah. Josh would show up and does show up. He shows up at 1 when we had our 5 o'clock service, shows up at 1 and sets up, helps sets everything up, often plays in the band and then stays till 9.30, 10 to help tear it down every single Sunday. He had to miss one Sunday. When he broke the record, he had to miss one Sunday because he had a friend's wedding he had to be at. He's like apologizing to Jay. Man, I'm so sorry I can't be there. I really tried to get out of it. I'm like, it's a wedding. You can't, it's a wedding, you know? And, and he missed one week, and I remember him coming back, and I just was joking. And I'm like, "Where have you been?" You know? And he's like, "It's one week." It was like, and it's just amazing how God's used him every single Sunday. I think of another guy, uh, and you'll often find him behind the soundboard. And he's there today. His name's Andrew Davis, and Andrew from day one. I remember when we launched our Sunday service, and you got to know, when we start something new, even like this, starting a Sunday morning service, we don't have it all figured out. We don't have all the systems figured out, and so we just started it anyways, and say, we'll figure it out as we go, and An- we didn't have all the teams built for tech, and Andrew says, hey, I'm in. As we launch it, I'll be there every single Sunday. I- I'm here. Let me know how I can help. And he's done that. As we started Sunday morning, we don't have all the, we need two different teams now. He's like, man, I'm there every Sunday morning. I'm in. It's just, it's it's humbling to me to think about the people God is bringing. I think of the people who show up early and stay late to set up and tear down. Think of a guy named Steve Papoulias. And here's, there you go. Here's Steve. He would come. He comes to our early service, our five o'clock, Yeah. (laughs) with his family, bring them home, put his kids to bed, come back at 8.30 and help tear down. Isn't that incredible? These are the people that we celebrate, the community, that they're actually creating space for people to have a life-changing encounter with God. What they do has made a tremendous impact in the city and in your lives, whether you know it or not. See, there's a whole crew. There's a few other guys. Uh, Josh Boyden. In the early days, we started this. Josh Boyden and Caleb Bankey and who else is up there? Uh, Daniel Garza. And and what happened, this was so fun, what happened is we would try to tear down as fast as we could and get it loaded. I mean, we have a, this is literally church in a box. Not that we're in this box, but we have a box truck. We load everything in the box uh, and break it down. And as we did that, we'd try to get it done as fast as we could as uh, possible. And it's during football season, and you get a bunch of guys, and all. We had a football, so at 9:30 at night, we're playing two-hand touch in the, in the uh, quad right there, and there's like six or seven, eight guys, and we're playing, and it's getting serious. I mean, at, eventually, guys started bringing shoes just for uh, football, <laughs> no lie, and it was dangerous, by the way. I mean, it was really dangerous. If you go out there, you haven't been out there, what you'll notice is there's the quad, and then there's a cement step about this high, and then there's grass. For whatever reason, we decided to make the grass the end zone, so you literally had to jump up. <laughs> Amazingly, no one got seriously hurt, although Tony creamed into one one of those light poles. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> I just think of these guys and go, wow. Wow. When I look back and remember, it's not a celebration of events. It's a celebration of people. Y- you know, I also think of, uh, they're here and they're greeting. Actually, Dwayne's right back there. Wave, Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne and Dana Maragoni. And they're amazing i every time I see them on Sunday, my heart literally smiles and here's the reason is they I know that when they're here, they're going to make people feel so well loved. Oh man God, it's amazing that you brought these people. I think of, you know, our kids, and I don't know if you've seen our kids area, but it is ridiculous. You know how hard it is to create incredible, fun, safe environments for kids in high school? If you haven't after this, like hard, really, really hard. But if you haven't got to check it out, I know there's a lot of parents and you have, check it out, it's amazing. And there's so many people that serve over there and given, and, you know, names like uh, Betsy Morales who got us started, and Ren Brims, and all those. And there's one person that I was just thinking of, just the unsung hero was a girl named Griselda, and Griselda showed up with a guy named Alan, and, and I love this. She just showed up with this guy named Alan. I think they kind of liked each other because uh, they kind of ended up dating, uh, but, <laughs> but she just showed up. I, she didn't show up to serve in the beginning. She was just hanging around. She had this beautiful servant heart where she was, I'm around? Okay, I can set up the cafe tables. Oh, I can set up the, the kids' area. I, I mean, the cafe team began to think they had a cafe fairy, you know, because they'd come, and it was all set up because Griselda was there before them. And then she loves on her kids. My kids love Griselda, and my youngest is kind of a ladies' man at three. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's putting on the moves on her. Um, we're going to have a talk. Uh <laughs> But it's amazing. Then I think of Marshall. He's actually over there serving with our kids, Marshall Sandoval. Who's. I mean, it's just amazing. And this guy, uh, when we made the transition from 5 p.m. to 10:30, it, it put a crunch on kids ministry and people serving because we don't have back-to-back services. And Marshall said, "Hey, I'm in. You just need to know I'm here every single week. Whatever you need, let me know. I'm in." And not only does he serve with kids, but he's an amazing writer, and he writes blogs for us and does just an incredible job. And then I think of a gal named Alicia McClintock, who actually is our neighbor, which is fun. Um, And she's a blogger for us. She writes blogs. She's Most of the written content you've seen us produce was produced by her. She's an amazing writer, teacher, uh, professor over at San Jose State, and she actually was incredible. She taught a class summer study with Jay on Bonhoeffer. She'll be teaching here and here uh, over um, winter and Advent. No pressure. Um, No pressure. (laughs) Yeah, There you go. Now, lastly, lastly, I I could go, I mean, seriously, and I know you can, if if you don't know any of these people, you're like, well, whatever. Man, this is precious. This is family. This is like, this is church. It's not the event. This, 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 this is church. Think of the Hasegawa's, Stephen and Katie Hasegawa, who just, they got married last year close to this time. Is that their actual wedding picture? It is. That's lovely. You guys look very nice. <laughs> and they got married. And, and in the process, they, they've discovered what does it look like to serve together. They lead our ink team. So all the design stuff uh, that you're seeing uh, produced nowadays, they're doing that and building teams. And uh, we've got a new website that's coming that they help uh, design and did some of those sort of things. And it's amazing to see God raise up people in our community and step forward. It, it actually reminds me of something Jesus said about family. Uh, you know, and he made this really big statement about what it means to be the family of God and what it looks like to be the family of God. And uh, he, he makes it here in Matthew uh, 12. He says it in verse uh, 48, I think it is. I can't read the small print in my Bible. Uh, but he kind of redefines family for us and what it looks like to be the family of God. And he's got this large crowd around him and he's, uh, you know, hanging out teaching. And his mother and his brother show up and they're kind of looking for VIP access to Jesus, large crowd. But they're like, hey, we're in, we're the in crew. We're, I'm his mom, okay? I'm his mom. Let me in. I need to get close to Jesus. I'm his bro not like just like a friend bro I'm his bro I'm literally literally Jesus' brother let me in let me get to Jesus as he's talking and Jesus sees this amazing opportunity this amazing teaching opportunity to begin to redefine for us what it looks like to be in and be the family of God he says this who is my mother and who are my brothers now he's not he's not confused by the way he's not wondering I don't know who they are but pointing to his disciples. He says, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my mother and my brother and my sister. He completely redefines what it looks like to be part of the family of God. He says, guess what? I have this promise for those who follow me who go all out. Here's the promise. Here it is that you'll get way more than just a good feeling. Although you will get that, you will experience the very family of God. See, I, I can point to this last year and say we have experienced together, those that have journeyed and said, hey, we're in. We have experienced the family of God. So we look back, we celebrate a significant life of impact and remember Remember what God has done in and through us as a community. He's developing not just people and a group, he's developing family. And as I sat at the table, one last thought came to mind, and the band had finally done, and they're tearing down all their gear, and I realized that my boys weren't actually dancing but performing some sort of MMA style wrestling. And <laughs> kind of looked out and thought, maybe I should go break that up, but it's kind of fun watching. And I had this thought, a final thought, and, and it was just simply this. It, it was not so much of something that was said in that moment, but a feeling that was evoked. It just began to bubble up inside me. Begin to. Well, I begin to dream. See, I think a great birthday product, uh, birthday uh, party. The byproduct is this: you begin to dream. You begin to dream of what could be and should be. I mean, I began to look at and dream what would my 90th birthday party look like? What, what? Who would be there, the family and friends? How would they talk about me? And what is the life I want to live from this day forward? See, great birthday parties are this amazing balance where you look back and you remember, but you also look forward and you begin to dream about the future of what could be and what should be. It is the byproduct of a great birthday party. And I just sat there and I just began to dream. And over the last few months, as I think about awakening in our church, and we, as we enter year two, we need to dream as a community. And there's one central phrase that has come over and over into my mind. It, it just has resonated with me. It, it's just, it's, I, don't even, I don't even, it's like, a, it's a fragment, really. <laughs> and here it is. This is my dream for us in year two. What if we all you ever just thought, I mean, just look around in the room and look, this is a church plant, and take a look around you in year one what God is doing, and if you just dreamed of the collective capacity and saw, what if we all experienced the family of God together? What if we all loved like God's kids, and what if we all treated each other in a way? Imagine what God might want to do. What if we all? with one heart, with one mind, with one purpose, passion. See, that's how movements begin. That's how our communities change. That's how cities are reshaped. Jesus knew it because on the night that he was betrayed, he leaves his disciples with this one massive what if we all As he's talking to his disciples, and the last words, these are big, important words to his disciples, the ones that he called friends a chapter earlier, and the ones that he called his family, he gives this massive what-if-we-all moment. He says it in John 13, 34, and 35. He says this, A new commandment I give you. Love one another. Now, now, that's not inherently new, but let's be honest. The way we love one uh, another—I'll be honest. The way I love is often self-centered. It's often, I'll love you if I can get this. I'll love you to get this or to manipulate this or because you did this for me, I'll love. And we have all these things about how we love, and he's going to define and redefine what love looks like. He says, a new commandment, I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. See, the bar and the standard is no longer how we love, it's how Jesus loved. The critical question for us as a community, when you say, what if we all, is to simply ask the question, how did Jesus love? What if we all loved like we're the family of God? Well, how did Jesus love? Jesus gave you what you needed the most when you deserved it the least. That's how he loved you. It's that simple. He gave you what you needed the most when you deserved it the very least. He gave you love when you didn't even like you and didn't deserve love. He gave you hope when really, honestly, you would say, I deserve despair. He gave you life when he deserved death. He hung on a cross because he loved you and took your place when you deserved to be there instead. Jesus, how did he love? He gave you what you need the most when you deserved it the least. And he says, a new command I give you, love, love one another as I have loved you. Love in such a way where you give others what they need the most when they deserve it the least. And he said, Here's, here it is. Here's the what if we all moment. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. What if we all in year two said as a community, we're going to simply begin to love the way God has loved us? What if we all began to give others what they need the most when they deserve it the least? What if we all didn't respond or react out of anger and we didn't treat others in a way that was manipulative, but we said, you know what, I'm just going to love you with no strings attached. Imagine what God would want to do through a community like this. Imagine what he'd want to do at your workplace. Imagine what you'd want to do at your school. Imagine what you'd want to do in your home. If you began to do, just start right there. Start right at your home with your spouse and your kids. I'm going to begin to love you and give you what you need the most when you deserve it, the least. I'm going to love you. And what if we all, and imagine. And Jesus says, Jesus says, that is how movements begin. That is how the movement of Christianity begins began. That is how we are sitting here 2,000 plus years, and the movement of Christianity has continued to spread, because there was a group that said, what if we all? Would you, would you, would you join the movement with us together this year, year two? Would you experience community, dive in, really do life, and begin to live on mission, out your purpose?" If you're brand new, here's what I'd invite you to do. Just check us out for a while. Today's a real special day. Check us out for a few weeks. Dive in. Jay talked about intro. You can take that little blue card, check it out. Check out intro. Three weeks, short commitment. You don't have anything after that. It's a good way to get to know us. If you've been around, would you dive into community? Would you say, I'm gonna be a part of community here and join the What If We All movement? where we love others in community, and you join a missional community. Now, I have one last story to share of people that have joined the what-if-we-all way of living. Would you take a look?
1: My name is Joel Bugleman. Erica. I've got a little boy, Cade, and Knox is on the way. Um, I'm a designer at Netflix here in South Bay, and I do hair and makeup. Uh, we've been here at Awakening for about just over a year now. Yeah, I uh, got connected to Awakening through a simple web search and just kind of showed up blind. Um, grew up in the church, so that's kind of that's kind of my style. But um, just found it, showed up, uh, and uh, it's the power of the internet. God's been teaching us a lot um, while we've been at Awakening. Um, I think the biggest thing is that we've been—it's the first time we've lived in a community that we have no ties to, we have no family or friends, um, and so God's been really showing us um, what it truly means to rely on Him and to like root our family um, and what He wants for us here, not and what like our intentions are. Yeah, I would just say um, there's this new-found dependency that we've uh, realized with God as a couple and a family because we've always had our friends and. Um, familiarity with us, you know, established down in south. So being up here alone um, kind of forced us to really find this dependency on God. I think one of the biggest things um, why we wanted to make Awakening Our Home is that uh, we've we've sensed this openness um, to our family and the kids ministry how they how they've welcomed our son um, and the familiarity and just um, friendship that we feel here um, is definitely something that we seeked um, and, and hadn't seen other places yeah. so that's that's huge. From the beginning, I feel like Awakening has been as a group really intentional and in the relationships that they've formed with us and we feel really connected. Um, and as a couple, we're really drawn towards. Uh, church plants anyway because of that sense of intimacy. So I just feel like when we came onto the campus it just felt like home. We are the Buchlemans. We are a part of the all.